I want to pick up on a point you made earlier about the revitalization of inner cities and the emergence of expensive and luxury housing. How did that happen? What changed in the 1980s and 1990s in terms of urban planning and development? Well, I think all governments, not just in Britain but in Europe, the last 20 years have been pursuing active policies of kind of deregulation and encouraging people to buy their services in the marketplace. And traditional services such as health, education, transport, leisure, which would normally have been provided as public services, people have been pushed to buy them in the the private sector, which has, over the long term, meant that you get these very big islands of affluence in the inner cities, the Sohos, the lifestyles. But then you also, at the other end, get a degraded public realm so that public provision becomes provision of a last resort. And there are lots of parts of cities all over Britain where the parks are run down, the schools are not looking very good, the roads are broken, you know, they're served by inadequate public transport that itself is very old. And so this notion of a kind of public realm becomes a very much a notion of a degraded realm in which there are some islands of affluence, but in general, it's actually not looking very good at all. I'd add to that another thing which has been going on at a national level throughout the period, and that is an increase in inequality within the country as a whole. So those people that are living in the affluent areas and the kind of glitzy cafe latte society in the middle of cities are representative of those who have benefited from Uh, neoliberal economic policies, basically, that have been in force since the beginning of the 1980s. So what we see in cities is a reflection, this part of it, is a reflection of national economic strategy, both the degradation of the public sector and an economic policy which results in greater inequality are both reflected in the shape of the city. So if we're going to think about what we should be doing about cities now, one of the main things we must do is think about policies which aren't particularly even directed at cities. National economic policy, policy towards the public sector, policy towards the welfare state, those things which aren't even particularly about cities would make a huge difference. Though, of course, there are things that we should be doing within cities themselves. And what would those be, Ken? Well, I think, as someone once said, poverty is not an egalitarian thing, but smog is. Smog is democratic. It affects everybody. And the fact is that we're now beginning to bump into all kinds of environmental problems that have been caused by individual choice but actually affect everybody. So I think in policy terms, certainly in the political realm, there's now serious reconsideration of how we preserve and defend the collective goods of good air quality, clean rivers adequate housing for all and so on. So I think what's interesting in almost the last decade is the way environmentalism and notions of citizenship are being brought together because citizenship does imply the sense that we all actually swim or sink together. One last question. What will the role of planning be in that if we're not to make the kinds of mistakes that you outlined of the era after the war when planning was too top-down, too unreflexive? It has to be linked to new forms of governance, whether they're citizens, juries, whether new kinds of participatory democracy. But we cannot plan the future on how we want to live without the connection being made between democracy and decision-making. I think one of the things we have to remember in all that is that cities will never be planned like the ideal city, will never reach a kind of final state of harmony, precisely because they are such varied places, precisely because they are just endlessly dynamic. There will always be conflictual issues in cities. There will always be things people are arguing about, genuine conflicts of interest. And that, with the huge variety of people living in them, means to me that cities are probably 
the greatest challenges to democracy that we could possibly face. I think we're going to have to leave it there. Dory Massey, Kim Walpole, thank you very much. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.